It has nothing to do with me. But it must hurt you. Why would it? It has nothing to do with me. So that's from uh, Back and Forth with the writer and academic Umberto Eco. Um, from an interview uh, when he was being interviewed about critics and criticism on the BBC's Desert Island Discs. And I'm John Fanning, and this is the Create with John Fanning podcast. How's it going out there? I hope you are all doing well. Welcome to this, uh, the now 32nd episode of my series of episodes on the imagination, based around my book, Create. Also, uh, if this is your first time to the podcast, try and go back and listen to some of the earlier ones. Uh, to get an idea of what we're, what what I'm trying to or coming trying to get at, and uh, where I'm coming from, as regards process and everything else, and especially in regard to the differentiation between walls and doors, uh, towards imagination, uh, walls away from the imagination and creativity. So last time I spoke about voice and vocation, but today I want to talk about feedback. Um, or more about the idea of community and a little about criticism and such. What Echo was talking about there, how it has nothing got to do with one. And this can be ameliorated by having a sense of community. So, but before one, uh, before we get into that a little bit, uh, the idea that it's hard to share something is something where community could be helpful in a sense that it's always hard to share something you've created because it's it's personal. It's like saying, here, this is something from inside me, from what uh, in France they call me trip, my tripes, <clears throat> excuse me, um, or from my emotional guts as such. And, and when someone doesn't understand or get or or like what you've put out in front of you um, on a page or a canvas, it's hard to hear negative feedback because it's it's your inner life. It's something important to you that you're trying to share with everybody else. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's exactly what Echo said in that conversation uh, that I just quoted. Why would you let the criticism hurt you? Uh, it has Because it has nothing to do with you. Um, it's kind of like what the dude says in the Coen Brothers movie, uh, The Big Lebowski, and uh, when he says, "Yeah, well, that's just like your opinion, man," and so it very much is. You know, it's it's just other people's opinions. It has nothing got to do with the work. The work is the work, and I could talk uh, about criticism and negativity again, or about trolls or crazy makers. But I did get into this in more depth back in episode 12. But right now I want to talk about what I think is a solution or a door, a door towards, uh, towards creation, away from this, this wall of, of criticism. And that's uh, what I think is centered around community. So community itself uh, comes from a Latin word, which means shared in common. So how do you know who your people are? Uh, well, 
basically they share a common need and or a common love for the same things as you which means you have to find your people basically and to find your people um these are the peers or mentors in your field and they these are the people that will give you insights and encouragement and support and kindness and gentleness as well when you're down uh, after negative commentary or negative feedback as such so community helps you with the with this inevitable wall of rejection and failure that everybody has to has to come up against um because your creative identity and sense of purpose will be transformed because uh you'll be able to not only receive validation and support and inspiration from other individuals but you'll be able to then give it back to them as well and it's not always a 50-50 but you know um the thing is to have a interactive participation in your field and not every you know not every creator wants to make money from what they create but every creator enjoys being around other creators who love doing what they love doing so irrespective of which way it is you're coming at it um it's still important to have some form of community and some of your community will create without ever trying to or even thinking of capitalizing on it and some will create to make money so whichever it is community helps anyway and all the more if you want to make money from your creations because other creators in your field will help you move forward with that too by telling you what not to do as much as telling you or helping you uh move forward in what you need to do for example um and a good a good way of looking at it, it's like do, do you live out in the middle of nowhere is that a wall to creating community well, you know, especially with this whole pandemic thing, we're kind of all living out in the middle of nowhere to an extent. Then you just create a group online and go meet them once a month. And like La Muse, again, this is the, the retreat I founded with my wife, Kerry, nearly 20 years ago, which is in the middle of, literally in the middle of nowhere. So people go there from all over the world and it doesn't matter where you are really. Uh, it could be a mountain retreat like Lemuse in the south of France, um, or it could be somewhere else. You know, Lemuse has walking trails all over the place and silence and good wine. <laughs> and you'll find people on the same wavelength as you there because you've chosen to go to that specific place. Like they love good wine and ordinarily and like the mountains and trees and and tranquility so those same loves bring people together so so they don't want to be in an urban setting it's like not an urban retreat um, they like trees they like france so to find your people sometimes you have to leave where you are to go where people like you are or what people like you are into as such and you know it doesn't necessarily mean going on a retreat could be just going to a bookstore uh, where there's a reading going on um if you think of other creators like someone like shakespeare you know he had community uh, and his community helped him make his work better uh, especially in the provinces before the king ever got a chance to see one of his plays 
he would test them out. And so he acted with these people, this community of people, of players and business people. He even owned a business with them, the Globe Theatre. And, you know, he would stand at the door and take in the money from people coming to see the shows, creatives. Um, And that was before he ever even wrote a play. So he knew the business of what he was doing and the craft because for years he, he was learning it firsthand, apprenticing to it. And so he had friends to support his creations or to encourage him to create or even to start and to continue and then to test out his plays to make them better and make him better at doing what he did. And his plays didn't just drop down from the sky on his desk fully formed. He got experience by creating with a very supportive creative community. He was immersed in it as such. And it's not just Shakespeare. It's like there's so many movements like the French New Wave movement or the American Beat Generation. <clears throat> Excuse me again. Or um, like the Bloomsbury Group or the American Folk Music Revival. Then if you go back to France again, like there's the Impressionists, or if you go to Scandinavia, there's the filmmakers, the Dogma 95 guys. So these are just um, a few examples of the many communities that helped each other and inspired each other to create great works. And, you know, these are artists and creators and filmmakers and writers, and they didn't come out of a vacuum. They, They had a community that created a conversation or a dialogue, and they got feedback and they changed and they ameliorated and they transitioned into different ways of expressing what it is that they were trying to create. And this created more inspiration and enthusiasm, which created more more of the work. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be in a theater. It could be in a cafe or, or you know, conferences or book festivals or courses or workshops or book groups and you know you can find those in cafes or in universities or in cities and these places can can bless you because they bless you with your people and there are countless meetup groups online now obviously because of this pandemic but um just look for for things that are happening in your field because you know it's like it's kind of like that uh, that um that saying they have you lie down with dogs you get up with fleas here the fleas are beneficial so it's whether you're you're into creating a business plan or novels uh people on the same wavelength will help you enjoy being a creator in your field because you're surrounded by people doing the same thing usually people who love doing the same thing so by simply or simply you know hanging around with people in the same field as you, you feel more comfortable. Uh, It's kind of like it's osmosis. It's just in the air. You get more inspired to create even more. So simply having another creator in a neighborhood, even if it's across the river from you in the next town, it makes you aware of your own creation and spurs you on to create even more because it's normalized. It's a natural encouragement. It's an organic uh, encouragement. You don't start to feel like, um, like I talked about before, the the uh, the black sheep, you know, because you know there's other black sheep out there doing the same thing. Um, an example um, from one of my 
when we were running our retreats, nearly every retreat at Lemieux, someone would pull an all-nighter writing or painting or, or, or whatever it is that they were creating. And then they'd be exhausted for two days afterwards. And they would have gotten the same work done in two days if they just continued. So it would have been actually more work they would have got done if they'd, if they'd just um, been consistent as such. And then they miss out on that next day's work and then they start to feel depressed and down and criti- that critical negative wall of the mind of the ego starts to cre- create um, depression as such and it's counterintuitive or counterproductive to creating then. So when they realize this, there's always there's always another creator on retreat uh, to help them through it. And it could be something as simple as oh, I did that last week when I first got here, or I used to do that all the time. So it starts this dialogue, and usually both people learn something from it. And, you know, it could be something big or it could be something small, but it adds to an understanding of process and practice as such. So community also helps with the process of uh, actually... withdrawing from the world because you go at this and if it's on a retreat you withdraw from the world but then you're withdrawing you're 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 actually enhancing that world and it doesn't it doesn't seem so bizarre when you have another 10 people from all over the world across the corridor or above you or beside you doing the same thing it's as i said more organic and it doesn't it doesn't seem weird to to write every day if you meet three other writers in a coffee shop to talk about writing or agents or characters or life as a creator or what a crap um, payment you got for your first book or how you got rejected again. So it doesn't seem so weird anymore to meet other creators at car shows or business conferences or gallery openings or, you know, wool stores. So... I suppose what I'm trying to say is if you want to get inspired and find other creators on the same inspirational path because a pilgrimage uh, can become boring and uninspiring without other pilgrims. You know, pilgrimage with no pilgrims is not much of a pilgrimage. Um, so you, you find your people and you get feedback before you send a creation out into the world. Uh, you find your your beta readers if you're a writer as such. Um, And you also find your mentors. And it's not only that they're giving you feedback, they're they're making you look better by helping to make your creations better because they're trying to waylay you from or trying to stop or help you or ameliorate you, your work, Um, because they're just as inspired as you in that field so I just talked about retreats and I also talked about it about retreats in episode 24 but if you what I want to get into is if you can't get enough done on a retreat then maybe find a community in a course or a program near where you live Um, like you don't have to abandon your family um, but, but you will need their support so, for example, if, if in writing, it could be a low residency MFA. Uh, that way you can still do your 40-hour or 35-hour work week or whatever it is. 
but advance your creative passion by by going away twice a week or twice a year for a week or or so to be amongst other mentors and or amongst mentors and other people on the same wavelength other writers on the same wavelength trying to do the same thing and basically as friends have told me an mfa is not for business or making connections unless you go to a very established program and even then it's not always a given because contacts and connections in those programs is is really to meet people uh, or your people like a community who will inspire you in the, in the over the long run to to continue to write to continue to create people will be there when when the nasty walls eventually rise in front of you uh, to tell you how crap you are as they always do the negative voice always saying you're no good at this or you'll never will be and trying to get you to stop uh like right now <laughs> so I suppose the the important thing is one that you learn from your mistakes, um, but two that you also learn from other people's mistakes, and that kind of goes back to what I was talking about when I talked about mentors and learning from, like the people who passed before us, not just the the people who are alive, but the people who are dead, who created great books or great art. You can see in how they went about and learn from them, from their notebooks, from their their processes. So, because much of the same problems in one person's creation can be seen in another's too, whether living or dead. So, so with community, even a dead community, we learn to grow together. And so that's what writers mean when they say, uh, how do you learn writing? Oh, well, read, read a lot. Well, because you're reading what other people have created. And you're learning all the time that you're reading. So at the very least, you learn to eradicate the most common mistakes from your work. And things things that it may have taken you years to discover on your own. Like I'm a classic example of this. As I said in an earlier episode, I never went um, to an MFA or or did to do an MFA. And I didn't even I didn't even know what they were back in Ireland because they didn't even exist there. I'm not too sure if they even do now, but um, so it's been a long two decades of making many of the same mistakes over and over to get to uh, some kind of a realization of, oh, okay, right, uh, I'm not going to do that again. And it's not just mistakes either, because with a community, we can see you can see the 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 positive aspects of other people's creations. You can go, uh, like, why the hell didn't I think of that? Or, uh, why can't I do that with, with a book of mine? So, rejection or criticism is no longer an enemy, then. It becomes a learning tool. Because we all make the same mistakes, but not always the same at the same time. We're not all learning at, on the same timeline. So it's important to see someone else make mistakes so you don't. Or for them to see you make mistakes, for them to learn, or for them to to help you not continue make those mistakes. And so look for feedback, but only from people you trust. Though that's the that's the thing. And it's not personal. Um, if you get feedback, it means someone is taking your creation seriously, and you're inspiring them to respond 
or or even react. So you feed this community or uh, other creators and creatives and your work so that so that you can they can give you back constructive criticism. Now I mean constructive criticism, not criticism, because constructive constructive criticism is very different. You don't want creative negators in your community. So you want you want people you can trust, like I was saying. When they give you feedback, it should be something like a Norwegian writer on retreat, Lemieux's one's called a critical sandwich. Because if you're going to give negative criticism, at the very least, um, point out all the positive things first. Then you can get to the meat of it, uh, to the center of the sandwich, to the actual point you want to get to get across, what it is you, you taste from the work as such. Um, and and when you end, just remind them again about all the positive things you got from their work. And you're not just lying or anything. It's it's you're just emphasizing the positive so that because people get their feelings hurt, and you're emphasizing the positive just to spur them on and help them just like you would want to be helped. So if they're a obviously if they're a mansplainer or a you know pain in the ass, it, it won't matter what kind of a sandwich you give them. <laughs> They'll only see your effort to help as something negative anyway, and then you just realise that that's not that individual. It's not shouldn't be a part of your community as such. So, as I said, you can't function in a vacuum, basically, and you have to see how you're doing and how can you know how you're doing if if you're in the vacuum. So you kind of have to open that door. And like Stephen King once said in his book on writing, and when you open that door, it means you have to ask your peers or creators like after a retreat at Lemuse, I'd often create a creative community to talk about their music or their writing or their cooking and from and in a cafe or in a kitchen or in a book group. Because no man is an island, as Mr. J- Mr. Dunn put it, you know. Um, and as opposed to being a creator, you become a co-creator, which is a part of being a creator. And a lot of writers on retreat end up reading each other's work. Um, again, like I said, beta readers. And they'll go back to Maine or Dublin or Melbourne and create a writer's group that meets once a month to listen, read and give feedback because of what they learned while they were away, they understand the community reinforces or commits them to continue. And it creates joy as well and fun. You can have a laugh about how ridiculous the whole thing is, you know. And you don't have to be established either. You know, even established people like Stephen King, who I just mentioned, he's one of the last people you think would need beta readers, but he does. And he has a few. Uh, the first one being his white tabata, and then he has these has many others, and they're not all writers either. They're just people he trusts, because he knows they'll find flaws in what he thinks is perfect, because he knows he can't function in a, in a vacuum, because none of us are perfect. Only if you're getting towards the end of your career do you start to even approach some kind of perfection in your in your craft, and even then there's glaring flaws sometimes that you just don't notice because you're just so in your work so this is important for when you need clarification uh, to have community and it's not just king you know it's 
You know, even Tolstoy, he rewrote The Beginning of War and Peace about 15, I think it was 15 times. And that was over a year uh, until he got it to where he wanted to get it, you know. And there's a lot of writers like Garcia Marquez. He'll rewrite his first paragraph uh, for as long as it takes until it's right so that he can then start the book. And of course, Tolstoy's wife, Sophia, would have been, you know, a big help to that. As I was saying before, you know, you need the support just like uh, King with his wife, Tabitha, you know. She recopied, Sophia recopied out everything for him. Um, and so she was his, his first beta reader, just like uh, King's wife. So community is one thing, but people you spend nearly every day with, that community is completely different again, and it's actually even more, an even more important community. You commune with them in, in, a, in an even deeper, uh, more de a different way as such. And oftentimes it's these people who empower you to embrace your a further creative community. Because like when I said in, a, in an early episode that I go on retreats to write, I, I don't do it on my own. Uh, I'm encouraged. My wife encourages. She literally uh, gives me the heart, encourage to to be in the heart uh, to go away and she tells me I need to leave like like now she does this out of love because she can as they say in Ireland she can see it on me you know this this need this need to create so you know she supported me so much uh, that I can voice these words or these ideas that I'm speaking right now so like, who do you think is minding our kids right now as I speak this? And it's the same for many other people. And like when I went um, to my office to to write the book, the first draft of the book to create, and she was with our kids, homeschooling them, uh, feeding them. And she sees life as a whole, as a co-creative venture as such. And our children as the most creative things she's ever done. You know, and this is a woman who, you know, was a magazine editor and, you know, uh, worked for the New York Times and many other publications and writes beautiful poetry. And she saw, especially when we were doing La Muse, she would see creating meals for the other writers and artists and filmmakers and stuff as a wonderful form of being creative even the presentation of the rooms as a moment, as a possibility to create, like putting flowers on the bed, the presentation of it, or even renovating Lemuse and our other house together. You know, and she continues to do that and to create with crocheting or gardening, or, and especially as she, she would say, the nurturing of her children. So she says she'll return to her writing, and I know she will, because she's she's just a born creator. And as she puts it right now, she's writing in her head, you know. So that community is, is a core community for any creator. And so when my novels were getting rejected by editors, she encouraged me to keep writing. And when I don't want to write, she encourages me to go to the office. Because she was the first person to tell me, John, you don't need to be published to be a writer. You write. You keep doing it. You're a writer. 
why do you need the world to tell you what you know you are already, you know? <laughs> Which was kind of mind-blowing. Um, when it gradually sinks into your skull. And so I suppose the question to ask is, who is it that is your community, your your primary community um, that then encourages you to go into your larger, smaller community, into a larger community. So you will need someone to share it all with. And, you know, why, why would I say that? Well, because life, especially a creative life, can get bloody lonely, you know. And you want someone there to talk to about your loneliness, hopefully as much as you listen to them talk about theirs. And I'm not saying it's easy to find someone. And I've seen a lot of people choose the wrong partner. Well, this is in their um, opinion, of course, and swim around in misery. But if not uh, a partner, then friends, a community of friends, uh, your people, you know. And it's another interesting thing about that. For the most part, what what I realized when I was... Uh, uh, let me use it. it. It's often women who suffer the burden of not being able to create. Like I met women every retreat who'd finally created space time to get away and get back to creating or writing or painting or whatever it is they were into. into. And why is this, you know? Well, because like my wife, they see the 20 years it takes to create a human being to get them up on their feet, as such as one woman once told me, as the most important creation there is. That's like they're creating their own little creative community. And only when their kids are gone to college do they feel comfortable or free to leave and free to to create. Because cleaning, teaching and feeding and counselling, encouraging and driving and loving, that's full-time damn creation, you know. So, you know, sometimes a woman in her 30s with small kids uh, would go to Lemieux and, you know, in the back of my head and going, how is that possible? Well, because the father has encouraged her to go, her partner has encouraged her to go. So there are encouraging husbands, but no way as many as there are encouraging wives. And I know this because I saw who went to Lemieux for the last 20 years. So, and of course, if you don't believe me, then, you know, what about Marie Curie? or Cleopatra, or Simone de Beauvoir, or Roosevelt, Eleanor Roosevelt, or uh, Yoko Ono, or uh, June Carter Cash, or Credit Scott King. You know, there's so many of them. And and these women are wonderful creators in their own rights, but they, they were not just wives. They were also great creators who encouraged and, you know, supported their lovers and spouses to create. Indeed, you know, would these these men have been as great without them? It's an important question to ask. So encouragement is one thing, you know, uh, that's really important. Another one would be humor as well, I suppose. Community is awesome for that because you can take a good laugh at yourself. Because um, if you find a person or people who encourage you most, then they'll probably make you laugh the most too, especially when things are very difficult when it all seems like a damn farce so everything today has gotten you know super serious you know from gender to climate change to nuclear proliferation to pandemics 
it's it, it's hard right now so it's important to have a damn laugh you know what's the what's the thing that can keep us from going crazy uh, amidst all that it's having a good laugh by laughing at how ridiculous it all is this world at how ridiculous we are in the privacy of our own brains um because then we can release the stress and the anxiety when we laugh with others and laugh at ourselves because we're relieving the tension because you know everyone talks about how important it is to cry and to allow your feelings and emotions to come up and out of us but it's also important to cry with laughter too and i find there's a lot of seriousness uh you know, when I first got out of Ireland, I found everything's very serious, irrespective of the present pandemic stuff, climate change thing. And I think the Irish are famous for their crack, not because they drink so much, you know, because because they do know how to laugh at themselves and to laugh with others and to take what they call, take the mick out of things. Because for the most part, they don't take themselves too seriously. Well, they had a, you know, a colonizer for nearly 800 years being serious with them. You know, how are they supposed to take things so serious after that? But I think there's a lot to be learned from from humor. And community is what gives us humor and takes away from the seriousness of whatever clique or um, negativity it is that you're, you're, you're faced with from doing what it is that you're trying to create. You know, mediocrity and malice can't fight humor, you know. And... You know, when the when we laugh at the stupidity of, uh, you know, uh, political or cultural pretentiousness, then we, we release ourselves from it too. So we free ourselves from the seriousness of it all, which I got into before in a different episode, this idea of seriousness and play and child, uh, the idea of the childlike grace um, of creativity, you know. Uh, but at the same time, comment on it without someone you know, killing us for it, as Shaw would put it. Because if we don't laugh at the political fools, then how are we ever going to get them out of office? It's the same in any field, you know. If we don't laugh at the critics, then how are we going to get them uh, out of our heads? So if we don't laugh at fools uh, we encounter in whatever creative world we work in, then we, we won't be able to deal with them or continue our work because it'll become too serious and bloody morose, you know. And, you know, even here uh, in Maine, away from La Muse, uh, I have friends who encourage me by email, even to continue doing this podcast. You know, they're, they're, they're few. But as Longfellow once said, you know, friends are like books. I'd rather have a f one or two great ones than a library of bad ones. You know, because it, oftentimes it only takes one little email or a few words to just get you back on track again. To get you away from being derailed. So, what I've been trying to get at is, 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 is the questions again, I suppose. So, you have to ask yourself the question, so who are your creator friends? And so, who are your mentors? Who encourages you? Uh, who makes you laugh and who allows you to play and you need to hang around with them more because they're your community those people create a community for you to benefit from 
uh, to be encouraged from and get inspired from. So that's basically what I was trying to talk about today. Um, thanks for listening. As always, you know, I uh, I started I started with um, an Italian writer, and I think I, this quote um, is going to be, uh, or this pro- I'm going to end with a proverb as such. So there, there's no. This one basically means there's no strength without unity which is kind of kind of relevant so there's no strength without unity ninyart go cor lekela ninyart go cor lekela and as i always say this is a podcast that's supported by you guys uh, through my patreon page and uh, it's not some radio show this is independent no advertisers uh, tell me what i should and shouldn't say and if you want to support the podcast, then it's patreon.com forward slash John Fanning, J-O-H-N-F-A-N-N-I-N-G. And if you can't afford it, then uh, that's okay too, because um, then somebody else hopefully will. Uh, but please do subscribe to it on iTunes or wherever you listen to this, um, Spotify, I could write a little review on it or wherever the comment sections are, you know, uh, so that the listenership grows. And so some some people out there that really need to listen to certain episodes will, will be able to uh, get them. Um, again, thanks for listening. Um, and if you're looking for more episodes, you can get them on uh, on my website or whatever it is you're listening to, obviously. So that my website's johnfanning.me. And then there's the tab uh, podcast. You click down there. And then that has uh, most of the transcript of what I've been saying. A rough transcript. Uh, so if you need the links or the names of anything that I've mentioned. And if you're into all that social stuff, which I'm not a big fan of, but I do put it up there because I want to be be available. Um, uh, you can get them off my website, Twitter and Instagram. So it's been great sharing stuff again. And until next time, take care out there and do the work and try and find a community. And as I always say, try to be benevolent when you can. So, Shlan Liv, August Ganairi on Boher Liv. <laughs>